The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to She Talks Health with Sophie Shepard. Today's woman has a lot of questions about their health and lifestyle choices. But where can you get the right answers? The answer is here and the time is now. Here is your host, Sophie Shepard. Welcome back, ladies, to the She Talks Health Show. This is your host, Sophie Shepard. I am a menstrual health coach and a women's health advocate. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at She Talks Health. And as always, please feel free to DM me. My door is always, always open to you. And today we're going to be talking about something so juicy. I'm so excited to have this conversation. It is not a conversation you hear every day. The topic today is using Tantra sensual connection to navigate fertility. Whoa, what a statement. And we are going to be talking about this because so many women reach out to me that they're having trouble with um, conception. And as a woman's menstrual health coach, I obviously want to help them with the physical aspects of that. But there are many other mental, emotional, spiritual components to fertility. And we are going to talk about some of those today with Christy Ann Bella, who is an intimacy architect. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sophie. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you and with all these amazing women out there listening. I'm so excited. And let's just start with what the heck is an intimacy architect? It sounds like a great job. It is a great job. Uh, So the idea is uh, that we are in an intimate relationship with everything, first and foremost with ourselves, but with everything around us. And so how do you build these relationships? So um, I help people to build the relationship first internally with themselves, how to, um, beyond just that cliche idea of self-love, but a real deeper sense of knowing yourself, of trusting your intuition, of being able to really feel that uh, whole connection of like spiritual, mental, physical wellness within yourself. And then how are we building the relationships that we want in our life and ultimately to build a life that we love? Wow, that's incredible. You're hired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I seriously, this is Um, this is so important. And this is something that I actually did this work this past year after, you know, probably eight years of doing more of the physical healing through my gut health and my hormones, there was still something missing. And I knew that although I was giving myself some self-love, I wasn't really building in that trusting of my intuition, Mm -hmm. that that deep knowing of myself. And it sounds like really woo-woo and out there, but I think when you get to a place in your life where you need it, you just know. And it's Mm -hmm. so great that there are people like you out there that can help guide um, women, couples, men, whoever needs it through, which is, I guess, my next question. I know when we first spoke, you you had a couple of different like niches that you work with. Could you explain like how you fell into the type of people you support? And um, obviously this is a show for for women's health. And I know that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. fertility. So that's obviously part of your practice. Can you tell us more about how that developed for you? Yeah. So uh, for me, it actually started with yoga and meditation. Um, That was the beginning. And then, you know, as the universe does, it provides you with the people who need your support. And so the people that kept showing up were people who were in marriages where um, infidelity was an issue or women who were recovering from sexual abuse trauma um, 
a lot of men who were struggling um, with their sexual identity. And so I just began to understand more and more about how everything connects to our sensual relationship with ourselves in, in some way. If we turn off these parts of ourselves because we have shame or guilt around it, then we start to disconnect from all these other areas of our life. And that it was really important to help people to have this healthy relationship to their sexuality so that they could fully show up in their most authentic space. So um, it, yeah, it just began to evolve. Um, so I began to study more um, about sexual education, um, about sexual health, and start to facilitate that. Um, and so I became a chaplain, which is a non-denominational spiritual counselor. So I could also meet people on the spiritual end because there was a lot of people struggling who had been brought up in a certain um, religious background and felt a lot of shame that was stifling their sense of who they were and, and believing that they had a right to joy and passion and pleasure in their lives. So just to help people kind of unravel what isn't working for you anymore, how many of these ideas that we have um, that have become maybe beliefs in our life that really aren't ours, that, you know, somewhere in society or somewhere along the way, our the teachers or mentors kind of planted that seed and it, it took in our garden, even though it, it didn't feel true to us how to kind of go in and, and clear things out that really don't belong to you and figure out what is your truth around your relationship to your body and to your pleasure. So it has been just such a glorious gift. Um, and it's evolved um, over the last 12 years. When I first started, my business was called Practical Happiness, Practical Solutions for Happy Living. And that's still a cornerstone of what I do is how to take, you know, really simple pieces um, and bring them into your everyday life so that you're not trying to move this boulder that seems, you know, beyond possible. And instead, you're just like one little pebble at a time making these small significant changes that actually are sustainable. And then you wake up one day and you're like, wow, this I, I did it. I like created this world that feels really true to me. Christy, this, uh, this is, oh, oh my gosh, I'm having all the feels over here. <laughs> Love um, it. And actually, I should ask you, do you like Christy Ann or Christy? Uh, Christy Ann. Christy Ann, okay, sorry yeah, about that. thanks. No, so, no, it's all good. Thank you for checking. Um, I know what it's like to have three names, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Christy Ann, I, something that came up for me that I'll just vulnerably share is like what you said around having, you know, shame um, around your like sexual orientation, um, all these things. Like my grandfather was actually, um, a, uh, a devout Catholic, but mm-hmm. at birth and like had, you know, like had six, six right. kids with my grandmother and was 100% a gay man, Yeah, you know, and he, it ruined his life. Um, right. you know, it really did. And I, it, it's, and it's, it also like had this compounding domino effect on everyone mm-hmm. in the family all the way down to still me. You know, um, and, and so what's so amazing about what you do is to give people a light and a a place to walk out of this shame, to be okay with saying, you know what? I deserve joy. It is my birthright Mm -hmm. to have joy. Um, and we so often stay stuck in our heads and in our, Mm -hmm. in our, in our bodies with shame, guilt, fear, Mm -hmm. all these negative emotions, so how, how does one use, how does this relate to fertility? Cause that is the topic of today. Like mm-hmm. how, I mean, what are we talking about when we're talking about fertility? Are there baseline things that people need to do before they 
consider having a baby or, you know, what's the, where, where do you see this war kind of uh, interweaving with fertility? So I would say, yeah, some of the baseline work is, is first within yourself. You know, what is your story around your birth? Like my birth story was pretty tragic. I was born two weeks late. Um, they had to do an emergency C-section because the cord was wrapped around my throat. When I came out, I had jaundice. So they put me in one of those incubator things. So I came out and I didn't have like touch at first. I was like isolated. Um, so I had a lot of birth trauma myself. So this idea of like getting pregnant and having a child, I was like, oh my God, no, like that was, that does not sound like a good experience. So I had to first do a lot of work on my own to heal my birth story. Um, and so learning about, you know, what, what were the circumstances around your birth and, you know, what do you want to kind of rewrite about how you came into this world? Because that was a very like fearful way to come into this world. Like, you know, so I had to do some internal work on that um, to begin with. And then I would say, you know, Fertility is, of course, yes, you know, the beauty of, of having a child, but it's also, I mean, we can fertilize anything. You know, I've, I've fertilized my business. I have fertilized, you know, relationships that um, are very meaningful in my life. Um, I've fertilized a beautiful home that is, you know, this sanctuary of play, playfulness and creativity where people come. So it's, you know, it's a lot of ways in which we want to create a space that grows things that we get to nurture and care for and and eventually to pass on you know and so that's a big piece of it is is not just what you're trying to create uh, right now but where you know where do you want to allow it to grow and change to um, and so it's this beautiful dance of taking surrender and responsibility, you know, because we do have a responsibility to do, to do our part and to do the internal work to create a healthy space for things to grow. But then at some point we need to surrender and trust and let go and allow things to create on their own and to show us, you know, that reflection of, of new life and change. So the sexual energy ties in, um, under the umbrella of Tantra, which is a, a big umbrella word. Um, ultimately, it means, if you go back to the roots in Sanskrit, it's like to take that which is taboo and bring light to it so mm. that nothing can really be taboo if you're if it's not in the shadows, if you bring light to something, it's seen, it's, it's, you know, it has the chance to be understood and recognized. And so that at its very essence is, is the most basic understanding of tantras, you know, is to take that which we, we think is taboo and bring light to it. And that's a really big piece for me. Um, because I think that, you know, is the whole basis of healthy sexuality is to feel like you have permission. Mm. And I think that's a big piece with fertility is to give yourself permission to grow something, you know, whatever that is that you have permission to decide what you want to nurture and what you want to see come alive. I, my jaw is dropping a little bit because <laughs> I feel like this is, it is about fertility, but it's also just about the way we speak to ourselves and the way we walk mm -hmm. around our lives. Like what you said about what are you fertilizing in your life? You know, what mm -hmm. about your career, about your relationships, you know, your health, what are you fertilizing in your life? And mm -hmm. this idea of giving ourselves permission, right? Because at mm -hmm. some point we lose the parent, we lose the right. teacher, we lose 
these um, people to give us permission. And then we have to step into that permission. And I was just literally telling Christy and this before we started recording that I was having a really hard time sleeping last night. Um, not because I want to get pregnant, but because I was, I was realizing that I didn't have anyone to give me permission anymore. I own my own business. I don't have a boss. I'm the boss. So today, like, it's so interesting. We're having this conversation about giving permission because I think it's something we don't learn how to do. We don't learn how to give ourselves permission. So mm -hmm. this is amazing. So how, how would somebody go about doing that outside of, you know, um, like, Hey, you know, like you're okay. Or, you know, what, what do you do? Is it positive self-talk or are there other strategies there that someone could lean into? Um, I do a lot of work with writing. For me, there's something super potent about putting the pen to the paper to see the words um, and then to say them out loud. So I feel like it, it takes it one step further from just like I have this, you know, happy mantra that I use in my head is like to actually write it out and see it. Um, and then if you can have someone that you feel is a trusted person that you can share your declaration with, there's definitely beauty in, in having a witness. But I think even just speaking it out into nature. I mean, I've done that many times. Like, so, um, so the writing work I do is I write as if the thing that I'm wanting to fertilize, the thing that I am um, seeking to co-create with the universe, I write as if it already happened. And I write in a very positive place, um, a very feeling driven place from experience of, you know, I use the senses, like, what does it smell like there? What does it sound like? What does it look like? What does it taste like? Um, can I touch it? And I really tap into that sensory place to make it come as alive as possible and write it out um, as if it happened and really just drop into that experience of feeling it. And so when I give myself permission in this way, it's like, I think a lot of the things we look for when we look for permission is, is not just the direction of somebody helping us to be like, yes, that, that's right. Your instinct was right. Go over there. Like, you know, is also on, after we've done it is for somebody to say, good job, you did the thing. Um, and so I feel like this kind of gives me a little bit of both. It reminds me that my intuition is a major guide and a, and a very wonderful um, GPS, if you will, of my spirit. Um, and so when I write it out and I happen to that sensory part of my intuition that sees and feels what's already happened, I then also have this space where I'm like, oh, I can feel the joy of like, that's right, you did it. So it's very exciting for me um, to know both sides of it and know that like I can. Uh, I think we lost each other. Did we lose each other? Oh, there we go. We're there good. we go. Okay. I was like, I, I don't see you. <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt your thought because it was oh, so beautiful. It's all good. The, the, GPS, <laughs> the GPS of your spirit being your intuition and being able to drop into um, that future pacing um, as if it's already happened. That is actually something that um, I had a guest on in the first season and we were talking about that she actually she gave us a really good prompt that i've been trying to use and i don't know if maybe this is mm -hmm. kind of what you're talking about but she said like you know you do whatever the thing is like um mm -hmm. you know i i trust i believe and i'm so thankful for blah 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 and then you mm -hmm. say like you know and so it is and so it will be and yes. i uh, i love that you know so much because 
Oh man. But you know what you're saying is actually um, something I hadn't thought about which was that to really drop into the space when you're in that place of like future pacing manifestation, like using those, using the whole space and energetics, not just like writing out that, you know, you want a baby or you, you want your health to be fixed or you um, want more money. Right. It sounds like it's Mm -hmm. a much more spiritual um, moment, like an activity. Yeah. I, I definitely believe in creating ritual. And I think that's a big part of, again, this sort of like celebration on the other side of giving yourself permission to do it is feeling this sense of joy around that experience. So if, you know, for me, I, I'll burn some sage, I'll light some candles, I'll maybe put some crystals out, I'll, you know, check and see like, where's the moon? Is it new moon? Is it full moon? Like, where are we in the cycle to kind of have an idea of like, okay, am I, you know, is it a time for more reflective work? Is it the new moon? Is it time for me to kind of look inward into like the quieter side or the shadow side of things? Or is it the full moon? And is it time to really look at what I'm putting a spotlight on and what I'm, you know, creating? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'll be really mindful of all of these different pieces when I sit down to do the work. Um, And I think tapping into your sensory system is so important because it is beyond just what we think about like, oh, well, I have this idea and, you know, I want to see this idea become more than a dream. It's like, well, how does it feel? Like, how does it really feel? How does it, how would it feel to hold that baby? You know, how would it feel? What is that baby going to smell like? You know, what is, what is it going to look like when you, when you see yourself, you know, maybe walking around uh, your house with the baby in your arms and like, how are you going to be dressed? And what does that clothing feel like on your body? And so if you can just get down into like, the details, which I think we often just kind of oversee in our life in general. Um, So it's a wonderful practice that has helped me just be so present to my life in the, in the moment, in the now um, from doing this work, from really tapping into my sensory system and and experiencing the fullness of, of everything that's going on. How does it sound? How does it smell like? So I'm really here enjoying it as opposed to just kind of observing it maybe from a distance or, or just moving through the motions of it without truly connecting to it. So it's been such a gift to, to create that space, consider just conception, you know, how are you consciously uh, conceiving your dreams into your reality? Cause we're co-creating all the time. It's just most of us, don't think we have that superpower. Um, we don't really honor how incredibly powerful we are. And if it doesn't happen right away, we get frustrated or disappointed or we think it doesn't work. Um, or sometimes if we get the thing, we're still struggling internally with our sense of worth and do I really deserve this? And so we often don't appreciate it. So I think it's so important to to just come to this place of like, you are worthy um, and to really just feel this open, like it showed up for you because it is of you. This is stuff that maybe women who are listening have never heard before, or mm-hmm. they think it's so far out there that they can't really grasp it. I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, that's the tricky part. And like I said earlier, like I went on this journey for myself and my mm-hmm. own intimacy earlier this year. And I was, I had a lot of like blocks up around it, I realized. Mm-hmm. And I, but I realized that those blocks were what was blocking the 
the things from growing. Like right. for me, it was around like fear of um, not being successful and not making mm. enough money to survive. And the more I held on, the more tight I was and the less allowing and the less ease and the less permission and the less um, deserved I felt, mm. the more I got blocked, the more the universe right. said, you know, you're not ready. So mm-hmm. that is really powerful because what we think the energy, we are literally energy, correct? I mean, mm-hmm. we are- Absolutely. Yeah. We're energy. So mm-hmm. if we're putting out blocks on, on our energy, then of course it makes sense that we're not going to receive what we're asking for. Wow. Okay. Can you explain before I want to move into like, you know, this is kind of the personal realm. And then I also want to just ask about kind of modalities for couples. Cause I'm sure right. that is a big part of this work too. Um, <laughs> Before we move on, um, you mentioned something about the new moon and the full moon. And I, um, I want to make sure we go back into that just because I am a menstrual health coach. So I, mm-hmm. I love talking about that stuff. But can you explain from your perspective why you might be looking at things differently depending on where we are in the month? So um, if you think back to, you know, before we had the wonders of technology and, uh, and all this stuff, um, our lives revolved around the moon. If the moon was dark, we weren't really outside at night. We weren't gathering in the evenings um, because there was no light. So when the moon is full, that's when you can go outside in the evening because you had the natural light and people gathered more and there was a lot more ceremony um, and celebration and the ability to just see into the darkness for longer because you had, you know, the the natural full moon reflection. Um, So if you take that kind of into our modern time, these things still apply. This idea of when the moon is full, there's a spotlight. Um, There's a spotlight in, in the darkest of our hours that we can use to bring attention to things that we might otherwise not notice. And when things are dark and, and it's, you know, the, the moon is the new moon when you don't see the moon, um, that that is a time for us to be quiet and reflective because there isn't as much going on in, in those later evenings um, that it's, it's a good opportunity to enjoy that quiet time and to be more internally reflective, right? So there isn't this big spotlight on anything. So you kind of get to go into that quiet, dark spot and look more inside in a, in a more soothing way, um, as opposed to the full moon, which is like big and bold. And, and you might have noticed it, you know, you might have noticed without realizing like where the moon cycle was that maybe you had like more energy and spark and you were like in the mood to go out and like hang out with your friends or do something fun. And then lo and behold, it was a full moon. Um, or you might have noticed that you just really felt like relaxing and, you know, taking a nice bath and, and having like go to bed early or something. Um, and that might have been a time when it was a new moon. So if you start to notice, you know, I, I again, I, I write a lot. So, you know, I started journaling just like how I was feeling, just kind of like, oh, today I feel more, you know, extroverted today. I feel more introverted. And then I was noticing like, oh, well, where's the moon? And there, of course, is a pattern to that. Um, And it plays into our fertility in the sense that a lot of people, um, if you can sink your body and the more you're like, pay attention to the moon and your feelings, actually sink your menstrual cycle to the moon, which is how we all used to bleed together. If you read uh, books like The Red Tent, they talk a lot about that, how we used to bleed together at the new moon. 
and we would ovulate during the full moon. Um, and so for some people, that's still pretty true. For other people, you know, possibly not. Um, but it is something that you can use um, as one of the, the tools to help um, with your fertility is, is to try to sink your body to ovulate on the full moon. Another interesting thing about the moon cycle is wherever the moon was in its cycle on the day you were born. So for me, it was a um, crescent moon on the day I was born. That is a second time that you're fertile. So most of us know that you're fertile like seven to 10 days after your um, period ends. But, um, and this comes from Vicki Noble, who is an amazing resource. If, um, if you dig into her stuff, she, um, with a lot of other women um, who like did like archaeology type, or I mean, like did deep digging into like centuries and centuries of, of women and, um, and history discovered that you're also fertile wherever the moon was when you were born. So, you know, for me, the second time I'm fertile in addition to, you know, the seven to 10 days is when the moon is in its crescent cycle because that's where the moon was when I was born. And so if you happen to could, could sink yourself so that your seven to 10 day window also coincides with the moon in which you were born, then you're like really in that super fertile pocket. <laughs> um, so just some, some interesting things to, to think about when it comes to the moon cycle. Wow. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. I didn't know mm -hmm. all of that information. So thanks so much. And I know I've definitely heard, um, I mean, and this is also for someone who like might be, um, having an anovulatory cycle or, mm -hmm. you know, might be amenorrheic, um, you know, you can, there's like seed cycling and there's cycle syncing, something that I teach in mm -hmm. um, my one-on-one -on -one program and in my upcoming group program that I'm launching. Um, and for someone who doesn't have their cycle, what I'll often have them do is just to sync with this traditional idea of the moon um, mm -hmm. because just to get you basically um, think even thinking in this way, because what you'll also notice is like, if that was you and you were synced with the moon that way, if you were kind of on this tr more traditional uh, path with the moon, um, you know, thinking about how that um, extends into your menstrual cycle and your hormones. Like if you, mm -hmm. if you have a full moon and that's, you know, and you're, and you're ovulating during that time or you're bleeding during that time, it's really interesting, right? Because the full moon's shedding the spotlight, the new moon, you're kind of more quiet and introverted. So if you're bleeding during that like new moon, that's actually like the perfect time to kind of go inwards. Whereas with the full moon, you might be more like, you know what, um, it's going to be sexy time. I'm going to like find my partner. I'm going to go mm -hmm. on a date, you know? So I always love like kind of tuning into that and every woman is different. So don't mm -hmm. worry if you don't sync with the moon, but right. it is, um, it is kind of fun when we start thinking mm -hmm. about it and, and start syncing that also to our intention and our mindset, I think is the, the most important thing so that we don't feel as if we have to live on a patriarchal 24 hour clock. Right. Um, yes. Our hormones are very different and we change, we change. So like Christiane was saying, you can, drop into the day and see how are you doing. And then if you get curious, you can look at the moon cycle. You can look at where you are in your menstrual cycle and see if it lines up mm -hmm. with a time that you would be more extroverted when estrogen's high or a time when you'd be more introverted when progesterone is high. So it's just mm -hmm. kind of an interesting thing that we can kind of tie in here, especially around fertility. Um, so, cause I think there's work to be done either way, right? Like if it's an introverted oh, yeah. time, the work is to let go and to be mm -hmm. in ease. Um, like you said, that like beautiful dance between surrender and responsibility, right? 
Yeah. So, wow. Amazing. Is there anything else that the individual woman uh, could be trying along this Tantra work or should we move into what couples can do together to create a more fertile space? Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I feel like we, we really covered some, some good ground. I think, you know, when, when you are looking at trying to sync is, is just remember this is playful, you know, and this is, this is the joy of, of just kind of observing nature. Um, and so, yeah, you know, stress is not a creative ground. Um, so to just, yeah, to not, you know, worry about it, to just really allow it and, and invite it um, and to find the joy in it. Um, I mean, it took me a while. I, I want to say probably close to a year before, like, you know, and, and I'll still like, you know, like, world is a little crazy right now. My period came like three days early and, you know, it's like, it's going to happen, you know, there's, there's, so just to, you know, just to have, um, just enjoy the, the magic of, of just being more observant of nature and and appreciating your body where it is, I think is, is really important. Um, I love that. Um, can I just jump into before we move Mm -hmm. on from that moment? Because I feel like it ties so beautifully into what you said at the beginning of this um, program where you talked about how like women um, and and all people hold on to things, right? We hold on to these things that we don't necessarily need. And so I wonder also around fertility, when we're actively trying for a baby, are we, you know, what are our motivations there? Really investigating Mm -hmm. that work, like, you know, and being, um, like you said, almost allowing of, of, of the joy of the cycle and what comes, I think is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. I wonder if, if you could talk on that, if that's at all what comes up is kind of like that tightness around, like I have to get pregnant or right. you know, like that kind of pressure. I think yeah. it's a lot with women who are struggling to get pregnant. Absolutely. How um, do we manage that? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it starts with rewriting the story um, that, you know, if, it is not in your path to have children. That doesn't make you any less of a woman. It doesn't make you any um, less in tune to your feminine energy or to your goddess superpowers. And if, you know, you are someone who that is your desire to really, yeah, dive into, you know, what is the story behind that? Is it because, you know, everyone in your family had kids and society thinks that that's part of your job because you can, you, you should, um, is there really something in you that is calling to you and, and how else does it show up? Because, um, you know, I know for me, I've looked more and more at, you know, fostering children or adopting children. That's as I really sat with like, what, what I see myself, what, where the role of parenting or nurturing shows up in my life. I really see it showing up in these um, more diverse ways or how am I being a mentor? And so to just be willing to look in, and find where does your truth lie and how, you know, how much of what we have built into our identity might not actually be ours and the willingness to be so compassionate and so forgiving of yourself and of other people. um, When you notice that and be willing to be like, it's okay to change my mind. And I think a lot of people get stuck and we just keep doing the thing because we have this fear that if we, change our mind that it somehow means we were wrong or or ignorant or like foolish before 
if we decide like, well, now this isn't what I want to do anymore. Um, instead of just recognizing like, wow, no, this is a gift. Like new information has, you know, become available to me. I have a new understanding. Like this is like, you know, the, the beauty of, of growth and awareness. And so again, it comes back to like, give yourself permission. So you have permission to change your mind. You know, you have permission to say, I, I do want to go down this path and, and explore having children, or I don't want to go down this path. You know, and even if I maybe said five years ago, I did, I, you know, I have the right to, to always change my mind. Um, and to just really allow that space for things to look different than they used to. And that, that doesn't mean that there was something bad before. Um, that just means like, you know, we're in this moment now and in this moment now we're doing the best we can with this awareness and observation. Wow. Mic drop. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. And I think for the women listening, I hope that gives you some empowerment and some ease. And also you can apply this to so many parts of your Mm -hmm. life. It's not just fertility. So with that and with the loud airplane above my head, <laughs> I love doing these podcasts and, you know, in quarantine, it's always fun to see like what sounds um, come into our, <laughs> into our show. If you are a woman listening to this, this right now and you're really resonating with it, you know, how do we translate that into having a constructive conversation, sensual communication, intimacy moments, sexual moments mm-hmm. with our with our partner. I know a lot of women and couples who are trying for a baby feel a lot of pressure to have sex when the woman is around mm-hmm. the ovulatory cycle. So it can take a lot of the fun out of the sex. Um, so how how do um, how most likely it's a woman who's listening to this channel. So how right. does this woman then have bring this into the conversation with her partner? Yeah. So I think first um, is that foundation is, you know, this is, is based on love. You know, you love your partner, you love yourself, you love your partner. And there's so much love that you want to create more love. You want to create more uh, love and and that may come in the form of another uh, life. And so that when you're going into, you're going into it with um, as much joy and playfulness and, and just really remembering what the intention was to begin with. Um, and ideally, you know, that is this, this spark of love and this spark of wanting to create more, more loving joy. Um, because I think anytime we start to approach sex as this very goal orientated thing, like, you know, there needs to be intercourse, there needs to be an orgasm, there needs, to, we need to make this baby because we only have this window of fertility. Um, it starts to stifle the creative energy. It becomes very, you know, forceful and rigid, and creative energy, I mean, it's, you know, it's most fertile when it's, it's playful and there's this openness and there's this um, allowing for it to, to flow because it's a very changing energy. It's a, it's a very transformative energy. So, um, so definitely inviting yourself first, you know, just kind of like be with your body. Um, you can look into um, Luna yoga, which is um, based a lot in like old Native American traditions that talk about fertility dances and dancing and being playful. So you might find some like really fun, sexy music that you like and you want to like dance around and move your body and just be in your body in this space that is very inviting, that is inviting not only your partner, but this child, this, you know, this spirit energy to come in and, 
and be a vessel for that. Um, and so then when you're with your partner, it's a lot of, you know, how can you connect, not again, just towards this goal, but be, be connecting because you enjoy each other so much. You enjoy each other's bodies. You enjoy hearing the breath of your partner, um, the feel of their breath, the the look in their eyes, the sounds that they're making. And so it, it tap in again to all of those senses and just really um, just marvel at the the miracle of the human body and what you guys are getting to do together to explore and learn about each other. And then there's like technical, you know, stuff that you can bring in. You can do um, pelvic rotations. I call it the rock and roll where you first circle your pelvis in one direction and then the other direction and then you rock back and forth. So you're just kind of moving the pelvic floor energy. Um, You can, you know, sweep your arms like down by your side and up overhead. So you're just kind of clearing the energy around you and, you know, you can hold hands with your partner um, and move your hands up and down together, move your hands in circles together. So you're just kind of creating this space between you where it's, you know, it's not two people anymore. It starts to become this one like magical entity. Um, And so these are just like little things you can do. You can play around with sound. I'm a big advocate of sound healing. Um, There's a beautiful chant that you can do, which um, I don't know. I I guess we can, I can tell it to you. (laughs) Yeah, please tell Um, us also if there's sound healing. I know I'm a big, big sound healing sound. uh, Like uh, it Mm -hmm. it has helped so much from just personally. So yeah, any ideas Mm -hmm. around sound chanting, I think like maybe like uh, playlists or, or artists that you like, Mm -hmm. I think would be helpful for people. Really. That'd be great. Yeah. So the chant is ra, ma, da, sa, sa, se, so hung. So it's like the sun and the moon and the earth and kind of everything all together, moving and flowing in perfect harmony and that you are a part of that song. You are a part of like the, the cosmic song of life that just keeps playing and, and, and growing and shining mm. and, and birthing the way, the way, you know, everything does. Like, you know, the, the moon goes dark, but it comes back around again. The sun keeps shining. The earth changes. And so, um, and that's a big part, you know, the raw is like the man and the ma is like the, the woman. And so this idea that together, you know, the raw and the ma, they, they bring forth the, the new song. Um, so that's a really fun one. And it's, it's a nice easy, cause there's, you know, there's a lot of amazing chants out there, but if you're new to, to Sanskrit and chanting, this is like a really good, like starter one. Um, Can you do it one then, more time for us? Ra? Yeah. Ra, ma, Da sa sa se so hung. Mm, thank you so much. Like I You're love welcome. that. I love your explanation of what that means, and this this whole conversation about like intention intentionality is that a word? <laughs> Being intentional. Yeah, it about. is now. I mean, we make up yeah. all of our words. <laughs> love it. That's what we do on She Talks Health. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this is this is just so beautiful. Okay, and sound healing so we're talking about like um like bowls and that like singing bowls and that kind of thing. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I love I think singing bowls um I, I can't remember his last name it's like 
Stephen something, I think with an H. Oh, um, but if you, if you hop on Spotify, there's, yeah, there's some great ones of like crystal singing bowls. Um, you want to think a lot about, you know, the second chakra is our, is the sexual energy. It's our creative energy. It's our childhood energy. So that's kind of like your hips, your sexual organs, the pelvic floor. Um, so you want to, you know, if you're Googling stuff, you're looking for things that um, have the second chakra frequency sound um, and also the heart sound, you know, that this is a very loving heart opening um, because that's, you know, truly what you're doing is you're opening to receive. You're opening to receive not only your partner's gift, but you're opening to receive and be this vessel, be this channel for a new being to come forth. So, um, so it's a very heart opening process. Um, I, I do a lot of, you know, ritual stuff, like I mentioned. And so one of the rituals that I've done with a lot of women is to write on um, a tiny piece of paper, just, you know, an intention of being that vessel and then actually plant it, like go, you know, either outside if you have a garden or just go, you know, grab a little pot and some dirt and, um, and you actually like plant this little paper seed, you know, and set that intention um, and, you know, nurture that seed the way you would nurture anything in a garden and the way you are putting forth that energy to nurture mm -hmm. um, the, the child that you're calling in. Um, but I think inviting, you know, that's really like you and your partner are inviting each other to share this space. Yeah. Um, and so just to really try to alleviate as much pressure of it having to go any certain way, you know, if somebody invites you to a party, <laughs> you know, like you're, you're being invited, it's a joyful time, you're going to go, you're going to share in this experience. And so you want to have that same feeling of like you're being invited, you're being welcomed. And how do you create a space that welcomes one another um, and just really share in that that just miraculous um, exchange of like, wow, like we have these glorious bodies that do these marvelous things and, and just appreciating that. Oh, wow. So amazing. And something, um, there's two things that are coming to mind as we wrap mm -hmm. up that I wanted to just like mention that I've noticed personally in my, in my sexual relationship with myself um, and also with my partner as I've been dropping into being um, on, a, on a cycle um, is that, you know, going back to kind of thinking about where you are in your cycle, I know that, mm -hmm. and like, and I guess also like alleviating pressure on the mm -hmm. other, like the one time of the month when you're fertile or whatever right. is just leaning into what actually is joyous for you in a mm -hmm. sexual encounter. Like I find personally that I sync very much with the female um, cycle and the hormones that are in play. So around ovulation, I am like, I want a masculine, like for me, I'm mm -hmm. like heterosexual. So I'm like, I want a, a masculine energy. I want you to like kind of be in charge. And then mm -hmm. as I get like later on in my cycle, I'm kind of like, mm, I want something soft. I want something sensual, not really like wanting that kind of masculine energy as much um, with my partner. So I want you to be more cuddly. And so mm -hmm. um, like leaning into what actually is true for you. And if that is true, like, I guess having that conversation with your partner too, so that they can like sync and rhythm with you is really important. Like I, we've really um, been able to, I feel like just elevate our sexual life and we're not trying for a baby, but I would think that in, if you are feeling that pressure to have a baby and feeling that pressure, like, Oh, I have to have sex during this like one day period or two day period or, 
you know, whatever it is for Mm -hmm. you that, you know, inviting the playfulness, like you said, and the understanding of what your body is asking for into the relationship and having those conversations might be helpful. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, The cornerstone, I think, to any good sexual relationship is to be able to talk about it. That's, you know, when people come to me and they're like, oh, I want to try this or explore. It's like, if you can't talk about this, then you're not ready to do it. Um, And so the ability to to have these conversations, although they might be temporarily awkward or uncomfortable, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Um, And it goes again back to permission because this was something, you know, most people are told like we don't talk about sex. You know, we don't, we only say these things behind closed doors and I'm like, open this door because we need to be having these conversations. Blow the hinges off. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and so it's first checking in with your partner and making sure like, hey, are you open to have this conversation right now? Mm. Um, This is not the kind of conversation you want to have when one of you is like doing the dishes and the other one is like scrolling on their phone. Like, This is a, like, are we both really present here to have this conversation? Let's talk about what feels sexually fulfilling to us. Let's talk about what our desires are and let's be able to hear each other in a way that is not, I'm not saying this because you're not doing it or something's missing. I'm, I'm saying this because I'm willing to be vulnerable right now, which it, sexuality absolutely is one of the most vulnerable things we can do. So I'm going to be vulnerable and say to you, I had this idea, I had this you know, I've, I've been noticing this more about, you know, what, how I feel at certain times and, and what my desires are and, and here's what I'm interested in and, and here's what it looks like. So, you know, sometimes when we're like, well, I want it to be more cuddly, it's like, that's a great start, but it's kind of vague still, you know, because what I think of as cuddly might be different than what you think of as cuddly. Totally. So then getting into more details, like, you know, I'd like maybe to spend 10 minutes and I get to be the little spoon or I really want like soft feathery touches. You know, I don't like anyone to like pet my head to me. I feel like that's like a dog. So like, so if someone like, I'm like, oh, let's cuddle. And I'm like, no, don't, don't do that. (laughs) So I try to like say these things ahead of time to say like, look, this is what I love when I'm talking about cuddling. You know, I want to be like squished a little or, you know, and so to just really get clear with yourself on what that looks like for you so that you can explain it and ask for what you want. And if the person doesn't quite understand, I I do a lot of what I call, um, I encourage people to call test kitchen sex, where you like try things out, right? Where it's not like, you know, it's like, okay, so we're going to just like experiment and see like, do we like it? You know, if it's goofy and it's weird, we can like be silly and it doesn't feel like this, you know, deep sensual moment that we're like, oh, this is supposed to be so beautiful and erotic and and it's like awkward and we're like, oh, we you know, people are like, oh, we failed. And it's like, no, like if you go into it knowing like, hey, we're totally trying this out. Like this might have sounded really good in our heads and be like not fun in real life. Right, take and the expectation totally out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that's, you know, very similar again with, you know, with going about it and fertility because there's like a lot of people who are like, oh, what about this position? What about this thing? And it's like, yeah, you can certainly do all of these things. But if you've never done you know, some weird like legs in the air position and you're going to try this for the first time, (laughs) you know, just know going into it, like, Hey, we're like, it might, and that's cool. It's okay. Um, so yeah, the ability to communicate on both ends to really hear without taking it personally, to really hear from a place of like appreciation that your partner is willing to go out and be vulnerable and share and express 
themselves and ask for what they want. And then you guys can determine like, okay, well, I'm actually not super comfortable with that. We need to negotiate this. Like, here's my hard line. Here's, you know, or I'm really flexible. Like, you know, let's try it and we'll see if we like it. Um, but just, yeah, the ability to like hold that container for each other to be heard and to really seek to understand how we can be of service to one another, how we can show up and help facilitate each other's pleasures and joys, obviously within, you know, respect of our own boundaries. Christiane, this has been such an amazing conversation and thank you so much for sharing this last bit as well about how to have these kind of probably challenging conversations, Mm -hmm. right? And how to be even more specific and how to, um, when to have these conversations. It's just so beautiful. No one teaches us this and we all need it. So thanks for being so open about talking about sex and intimacy and just being who you are and, and developing this company to help other women and couples and all sorts of people. Um, is there anything else you want to leave the a listening audience with before we wrap up? Oh, wow. Um, You know, I I believe that how we start our day really impacts our lives. So um, I really encourage you to start your day with just one reflection of gratitude. You know, if you can just wake up every day with something that you're grateful for. And if if you have a partner, this has been a practice my husband and I have done um, for years and it just it is a game changer. Um, we not only will we, you know, pause and reflect to one another what we're grateful for, but we also have a little notebook. So we try to make a point, you know, at least a few times a week to write nice little things to each other in the notebook. Um, just reflections of celebration or gratitude. And then if you're having a rough day, you have this wonderful thing to go back to and be like, that's right. Everything is actually so much better than I'm thinking it is in this moment. So, um, so I definitely encourage you to do that. Um, But yeah, ultimately, you know, that's, I think that's so key is just to really, if we can appreciate and have gratitude for ourselves, I think all of these other things, giving yourself permission and and showing up and ask for what you want, just really fall into place so much easier. I am totally, totally going to use that idea. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Christy. And it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. And um, we've been talking with Christy and Bella all about um, her company, Intimacy Architect, and how you can use intimacy in your relationship to connect and navigate fertility, um, all about sound healing, modalities for healing, self-healing, all this stuff. It's been such a beautiful conversation. And Christy Ann Bella is actually a published author and a keynote speaker, and she is starting um, her own radio show, um, which I believe starts in September on the Voice America channel. So the same channel that this is airing on um, and where I got my start as a radio show host. So Christy, tell us about where um, people can find you and tell us about your show. Yeah, so um, Intimacy Architecture is, is going to be the name of the show, and it will be a call-in radio show, so you can call in with your questions um, or share your stories. It debuts on September 25th, and you're actually going to be my first guest. I'm super excited about that. <laughs> I'm so excited, too. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll be there, and um, and you can find me on all the socials, um, Intimacy Architecture on Facebook, um, Intimacy Architect on Instagram, Intimacy Tech on Twitter, because they let me fill in the whole name and, uh, um, and my web intimacy architect. So yeah, you can find me on all those places. Um, 
And yeah, it's, it's absolutely an honor to, to be able to show up and hold space for people as they build a life they love. So thank you for having me and getting this opportunity to share this beautiful message. Oh, you're so welcome. And I think you cut out a little bit. Um, there's a storm coming through, so I can't tell if it's, it's um, doing it uh, weird. So just for anyone who might have missed her Instagram is intimacy, I think, underscore architect. Yes. Um, and Facebook, intimacy architect. Twitter at intimacy architect. Um, so, and so you can find her on all those platforms as well as on Voice America mm-hmm. for her live radio show, which will be call in. Um, and we are going to do the first episode together on the 25th yeah. of September. Yes. So excited. Yeah. Well, Good thank you stuff. once again. And um, as always, ladies, um, my door is open to you. You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at She Talks Health. This is Sophie Shepard. I am a menstrual health coach, functional nutrition practitioner. I use diagnostic testing to help you under um, understand what's going on in your menstrual health, in your hormones, in your body, so you can take back the driver's seat of your health. And I do that through the testing. I'm working on a group program. More to come on that. And I'm just so, so grateful to have you here listening. I hope this uh, episode was so, so useful for you. And we will see you next week on the She Talks Health podcast. Thank you for joining us this week for She Talks Health. Please join Sophie Shepard again next week for another episode of our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Sophie Shepard is a functional nutrition practitioner and founder of SHE. Sophie helps busy women all over the world go from menstrual cycle chaos to optimal hormonal alignment so they can live their lives fully without being held back by their bodies. Using the power of functional lab testing combined with life-changing mindset shifts and integrating the entire body's system. If the only thing holding you back is your health, it's time to stop letting hormonal chaos run your world. Book your health discovery call today by going to SheTalksHealth.com. Are you done medicating and guessing your way through the exhaustion, pain and irritability caused by menstrual cycle and digestive health issues? Sophie Shepard, founder of She, will help you go from symptom-ridden and confused to finally having clarity about how your menstrual cycle works and confidence in your health strategy in just 10 days. If you are ready to stop living with painful, heavy, irregular, or non-existent periods, no energy, brain fog, anxiety, and digestive issues, then check out the 10-Day Digestive and Hormone Reboot at SheTalksHealth.com.